0: The history of the San Jose Sharks from 2002 to 2006 was the story of a team on the way up the ladder in the National Hockey League. The previous seasons had seen the club become a perennial playoff participant, but a year away from the postseason brought changes to the organization. With a new general manager, Doug Wilson, in place, the Sharks would reach the Western Conference final round for the very first time in 2004, and then after a blockbuster trade in November of 2005, they acquired Joe Thornton from the Boston Bruins, and the franchise would become a true Stanley Cup contender. Thornton wasn't the only one coming to the Bay Area from Boston. In 1998, the club had drafted defenseman Jim Fahey out of the Catholic Memorial Powerhouse program in Massachusetts. After a four-year career at Northeastern University, it was time for Fahey to turn pro. He got to the Sharks in the 2 3 season, and as it turned out, he'd score his only NHL goal in 92 career games at the Garden in Boston, where he had played some of his more memorable college games at the Beanpot Tournament. Jim was also in the Sharks' locker room when the Thornton trade was made, and we sat down recently to recall his memories not only of that moment, but of much more Jim first of all it's great to see you and I know that uh, that playing in San Jose was was a, a big big change in your life uh, you, you got a chance to play in the National Hockey League and realize a dream you met your wife and started a family and uh, before that you started out like any other Boston kid just uh, growing up and loving the game of hockey why don't you just tell us about uh, about where the game started for you
1: well first of all thanks for having me Dan this this is awesome that you guys you know reach back out to the alumni and, and get an opportunity to stay involved with the team so thank you for that. You know, for me, you know, just like every other kid growing up in, in Boston, um, you know, started Milton Youth Hockey House League. And, uh, you know, really, I think the biggest thing for me was we had uh, just unbelievable coaches around the game, just people that can influence the game. And for me, I played almost every sport possible, but it was really coaches like, you know, Buddy Yandel, Keith Yandel's dad, you know, coaches like uh, Frank Federico um, and, and you know, just Great people around the game that really, you know, built a passion for the game, uh, you know, with you and um, taught you the game and and taught you how to play it. So, yeah, for me, it was Milton Youth Hockey, the South Shore Dynamos, and um, then obviously on to you know one of the greatest coaches I've ever played for, which is Bill Hanson. And you know, at Catholic Memorial, it was a, a, just a great experience. And, and then obviously was fortunate enough to be drafted by the Sharks. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just really humbled and blessed by the opportunity to you know have a a great program to grow up in, but also, you know, ending up playing with the Sharks um, was, was unbelievable. Just great people.
0: Why don't you talk about that, uh, that time at Catholic Memorial? Cause gosh, that, uh, that organization was a powerhouse for so many years in producing really good hockey players and a good place to go to school too.
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, it's uh, my parents always, you know, instilled the education in, in my entire family, my sisters and my brother as well. Um, and so, you know that that was one of the things that they made the investment. I mean, you know, people that know me, I learned a lot from my parents. My dad uh, was a tile man and worked days. and My mom was a nurse and worked nights. Um, but you know, they they made it a, a commitment for me and my brother, uh, you know, to make sure we went to a school that, uh, you know, could kind of teach us a lot about growing and a lot about just you know how to how to really learn and, and continue to evolve as a, as a young man. So. Yeah, I mean, as far as the hockey goes, I mean, it speaks for itself. I think my eighth grade year coming in to Cap Memorial, there were like 13 kids that went Division I. Um, obviously, Jeff Kelty was a very, very high draft pick that year, um, Tommy Noble and a bunch of others. So it always had a good pedigree of hockey players and student athletes. And, um, you know, I'm very fortunate that my parents kind of made the commitment and the sacrifice to, to get me there. So it was a, it was a great learning experience.
0: The National Hockey League probably was like another planet for you, but I suppose you followed the Bruins quite a bit growing up?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've, Ray Bork is very involved in, in my charity today, but he was, you know, my idol. And <laughs> my dad used to talk about Bobby Orr, and I got a chance to watch Ray Bork growing up, which was just, you know, probably, you know, two of the, the best players on, on the back end that we've seen. Um, so, you know, really fortunate, uh, huge Bruins fan. Obviously, the Sharks didn't exist at that point. Um, but yeah, you know, just staying around the game, going into the old garden, um, you know, just the ambiance of it, uh, you know, really kind of painted a vision for me and, you know, what I wanted to be able to accomplish at some point.
0: Also, the bean pot was a big part of, of the hockey life there. And it still is. In fact, uh, you know, it's just such an amazing tradition that they have that in college hockey that play at TD garden every year. Um, how often did you get a chance to go see that or, or perhaps, uh, before you actually took part in it yourself?
1: it's always a great experience. Um, you know, the first two Mondays in February, um, you know, my father used to bring me into it as well. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a great experience to go not only see, you know, BU, BC, Harvard and Northeastern, but just the communities that surround those schools, you know, the, the student body and, and obviously all great schools and universities, but, um, You know, the the community that surrounds those schools is just very passionate and proud of who they are. And uh, it's really comes to a head in in, uh, the beginning of February. So, you know, yeah, it's always it's always been something I've watched in in a big stage and obviously getting to play it for four years was uh, was just an awesome experience.
0: Well, obviously that that's got to be a big part of your life, but uh, the whole process of going from, from high school hockey to Northeastern where you ended up going had to be an interesting experience. So what, what other possibilities did you have and, and why was it Northeastern for you?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, coming out of high school, I had to make a decision late in my junior year where I was going to go to school, you know, cause that's kind of when everyone was pressing on you to, you know, to start to look at, you know, deciding what school you wanted to go to. And, you know, for me, I, you know, I talked to BC, I talked to BU, I talked to Harvard, I talked to a whole host of other schools. I wanted to play in the bean pot. That was something that was really important to me, having watched it as a, as a young boy. Um, and, you know, BU and BC had had kind of picked another player, and I was kind of the second one coming in. Um, I wasn't the first recruit. And, and, you know, I really just wanted to go to a place that um, – I could play right from the get-go a lot, you know? And so um, I would have had to wait an entire year uh, or actually like eight months to, to see if I had gotten into Harvard. And, you know, I would have got in, by the way. So that's a good thing. That's um, incredible. But yeah, but it, well, you know, with a lot of support from the school and a lot of work, but, you know, Northeastern was just one of those things. I talked about the community. Um, love the co-op program. I love the, um, obviously a really good school, and then there were people that surround the university, like, you know, now the athletics director there, Jimmy Madigan, um, Bruce Crowder, Paul Canada, Jamie Rice. And I just felt like, you know, for me, I was their number one choice. And, you know, I just I wanted to be in a spot that I could come in and play. So it was kind of a no brainer for me to to take the leap and, and just, um, you know, commit to Northeastern early and and, uh, you know, develop and make the best of it. Um, I remember when I was
0: uh, broadcasting college hockey, we'd go into the old Boston arena. They called it Matthews Arena these days. And what a great atmosphere that was. Uh, I know you probably felt that uh, from the moment you you
1: stepped on the ice there, but what a great barn. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's it's something special. I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of nice places to play, but uh, I always enjoyed Friday and Saturday nights uh, in college playing at Matthews. Tell me
0: a little bit about your beanpot experience in the four years that you were there. I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but, uh, but what was, it, what was it like for Northeastern and how did you do?
1: You know, it's interesting. We were, we were coming through at the heyday of, you know, BU had a lot of consecutive wins. Um, you know, we, we made it to, uh, two finals and, and lost in overtime. Uh, we lost by one goal in one, and then, you know, in, in, overtime in the, in the second one. So we never got a pot championship, unfortunately. Um, but you know the experience, the people that I you know worked with on those nights to to try to win it. Uh, you know we put us put ourselves in a position to do so, and it just didn't bounce our way. Well, also um,
0: you you played against some really good players, and you had some good teammates on those northeastern teams.
1: Yeah, you know Willie Levesque was a draft pick by the Sharks as well, who was on my team, and yeah, you know, we played against a ton of you know great talent. Um, and you know it was, it's an experience as well. I mean it was uh, you know something I'll never forget, and then, you know. It's, it's a lot nicer these days, though, to be able to go in and, and see them uh, you know, they had three consecutive coming into this point. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of fun to, to go in and see them winning them now.
0: So now you're in Northeastern. You're getting a good education. You're playing in a great college hockey arena. You're having an amazing experience. And all of a sudden, the National Hockey League starts to become a reality when the San Jose Sharks suddenly draft you. Did you have any inkling that you would be drafted? And did you think that uh, that this team from Northern California was going to be the one to take you?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I didn't, you always hold out hope, but I didn't, I didn't think that, um, you know, I was going to get selected and, and really, you know, you know, Doug Wilson and and Timmy Burke, you know, two individuals that are, you know, still, you know, at the helm were the reason for it. I mean, they believed in me and, and trusted in, you know, my ability to continue to develop. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I couldn't be happier with, with the outcome, but, um, Yeah, it was a really, really awesome experience and I I just loved playing in San Jose and obviously my wife's from Sacramento and, you know, we get out there quite often. I I work in software sales now and a company out of um, San Francisco called Miro. So I get back there, I get to games occasionally and get to pop in and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just something I'm really proud of is being able to be part of that organization.
0: Well, when you first started, you were in Cleveland playing for Roy Sommer and you, you played about 25 yeah. games there that first year. Tell us uh, tell us about that experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's very similar to, to the way I feel about, you know, Doug and, and um, Timmy. Like they, they Roy was awesome. I mean, talk about somebody that just spent the time developing, developing, developing. Um, and obviously, David Cuniff, uh, who's now the GM and coach uh, in the East Coast League here for the Railers was a huge impact, uh, as well. Um, I've never seen coaches and people more committed in just overall development, um, you know, of the players, like a lot of people in that organ, you know, in other organizations, you know, winning in the American league is also important. Um, they put development first and, and winning, you know, right there with it. Um, and I just learned a lot about those individuals and, you know, um, yeah, just you know, I could I can't say enough about the people that surround the Sharks and and uh, you know in the American League, the East Coast League, et cetera. Just great people. You played
0: ninety two games in the National Hockey League in your <laughs> career, and uh, all but thirteen were with the San Jose Sharks. And the one goal that you got isn't it so perfect that it happened in Boston against the Bruins? I remember like it, it happened yesterday, but that had to be just the greatest thrill for you to be able to score your your only goal as it turned out in the NHL against <laughs> Boston.
1: Yeah. Well, at the time I didn't know it was going to be my only one, but um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was uh, you know, great experience coming back to Boston um, you know, my first year and uh, having all my family and friends there uh, to be part of that and sharing that experience was, was awesome. And um, you know, just, I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday uh, and uh, you know, just a great experience. And obviously like you know, people I played with for, for some time, you know, Jonathan Chichu was on the ice with me, et cetera. So people that made a big impact on my career as well.
0: Yeah. That was a, a great time for the sharks. The years sure. that you were with the team, you know, you, you mentioned Jonathan Chichu, you, you have to talk about Mike Ricci. You have to talk about uh, Brian Marchment, so many great teammates.
1: Yeah. Adam Graves, uh, Owen Nolan. Um, yeah. Mike Rathje, you know, Scott Hannon. Uh, yeah. I just, you could go on for, for days and the type of people, I mean, um, it was, it was interesting when I came there, I mean, obviously it was unexpected in my first year playing professional hockey after playing 20 games in the minors, you know, to be up and playing with that group was just an unbelievable experience. Um, and also like, you know, when you're surrounded by people like Brian Marchment and Adam Graves and Vinnie Damfoos and Owen, um, you really learn very quickly what it is like to be a pro. I mean, just, you know, consummate professionals and, and students of the game and, uh, Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have had a better situation uh, to start out with just playing with those individuals.
0: Out of all the things that happened, aside from scoring that goal against the Bruins, you're part of some great lore in the history of the San Jose Sharks. And here's the way I'll tell the story. It's about five o'clock in the afternoon, teams in Dallas. And we see you and Nico Dimitrakos come into the press room, look like you're just going to have a little bite to eat. We all looked at each other and said, well, they're not playing and we get handed the the game sheet nothing unusual and then just before they drop the puck ron wilson calls the referees over they're looking at the at the actual lineup card and i know that that you know there've been mistakes on that before so i make a comment about it they drop the puck the lines change and all of a sudden i'm calling the play-by-play, and I hear myself saying, Fahey passes the puck to Dimitracos," and <laughs> as I'm saying that, I'm going, "What on earth is going on around here?" And of course, that was the night that Joe Thornton got traded. That that's sort of my quick memory of it. But uh, yeah. that was a historic night for for the San Jose Sharks. Just tell us your your version
1: of that. Oh, the behind the scenes. Yeah, I think I think Nico and I were a couple hot dogs deep at the time we got the call. <laughs> um, you know, because we'd already done our skate for the morning and we just we weren't playing so um yeah we got called down and you know it was it was uh get ready to perform so um yeah I mean it's, anytime you get a chance to play it's a it's it's a it's a great opportunity you know and obviously what Joe's done for the organization uh has just been remarkable um and and there were some great people involved right Marco Sturm, uh primo uh Brad Stewart. and and so. You know, it was, it was kind of an exciting moment. But also, you know, you're losing three great teammates and great players, too. Um, players that you've spent time with their family and and uh, just great people. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the game didn't end up the way we wanted it to that night. Um, but, um, yeah, it was just a, a great opportunity. And, and um, you know, uh, would have liked to have known all day that I was playing. But uh, I'll take it when I can get it.
0: Absolutely true. And, you know, the other side of it too, that you mentioned the big difference that Joe Thornton and, and also Patrick Marlowe made for the organization for oh, playing yeah. here so long, but well, tell us about just having those guys as teammates.
1: I've kind of already ood and about the people that surround the game, but it was just, you know, kind of two others that, uh, not only played at the highest levels and, and, you know, were some of the best players in the league, um, but just awesome individuals. I mean, you know, Patty always led by example. He, he was a man of few words, you know, still is a man of few words, but he just led by example at every single turn. Um, you know, you always knew if, if you just kind of getting the same path as Patty, you were in a good spot. Um, just a great leader and, and a great, uh, human, um, you know, and, and I think Joe always kept it light. Um, you know, he was, a you know, a good friend off the ice. He kept it light and, uh, you know, always had the game in perspective. Um, and obviously, you know, growing up in Boston, and he was the first overall pick for the Bruins, you know, I had a great opportunity to, to see him play early on and uh, really, you know, was amazed by the, the player itself. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it was no better example than you got into practice with either one of them. And it was unreal how good those two were. I mean, just... You don't see that type of talent um, very often. It comes around, you know, once in a while. So, um, yeah, I mean, just great players and, and great, uh, great people as well.
0: And of course, that season, uh, Jonathan Chichu won the Rocket Richard and Joe Thornton yeah. won the Art Ross and the Hart Trophy and, and an amazing year and it all came to an end in, in, in what i think is a pretty memorable playoff series against the edmonton oilers you guys had a two games to nothing lead and edmonton fought back and they ended up going to game 7 of the stanley cup final did you guys really believe that uh, that you were that close to perhaps going to the final yourself
1: absolutely yeah i mean everybody in that locker room you know I, I, if you recall the year there was a lot of ups and downs and there was a lot of um you know team moments, a lot of one goal games that they wanted. I and mean, I just, we just felt like we had, you know, the right team to do this. Uh, so every game we played in, whether we were down or up, or it didn't matter. Um, every single shift, you know, the, that team just battled. So we, we absolutely uh, felt like we left a little bit out there and we, we should have been in those situ- situations.
0: You look at that team and you go through it. Is there, what, what a bunch of characters on this team, just so many different guys, whether it was uh um, you know Milan Michalik or whether it was Scott Hannon yes. playing on defense, or um, yeah. you know Douglas Murray.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I still talk to to Dougie, and you know, every single one of them. Just any team in the NHL would take them as a teammate. You know, I mean, they were hardworking, hard nosed. You just loved being part of the same group with those individuals. I mean, Milan, I think at the time had, you know, was just eighteen years old. And, you know, what a unbelievably talented kid. Um, and, uh, you know, just a great person. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I'll say is fortunate enough to be selected by the sharks and, um, and all that, but man, they really knew how to, and still do, you know, take character individuals. And, and it was just, I'm blessed to be part of that group.
0: Aside from, from a couple of the memories that we, we selected, what, what are some others that you remember of your days in the sharks uniform?
1: You know, you talked about the goal and, um, you know there are some other big ones. I mean, uh, I'll never forget you know playing my first NHL game against the Pittsburgh Penguins and some of the stars they had on that team. Um, I'll never forget the hockey night in Canada games, whether it was in Vancouver um, or in Montreal. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a player of the game in one of those games. So you know you you truly get an understanding of what everybody gets up for. It's it's just a an amazing experience. I mean, th- there's there's too many you know to count in. It's um, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you just, you, you look at those moments and you, 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 pinch yourself every once in a while. So it was, uh, just a great time in my life.
0: And then you moved on, you played a little bit with New Jersey, you ended your professional career in, in Germany playing for Crayfeld. What was it like going yeah. to Europe and playing there? That's, that's a totally different experience.
1: Yeah, it's a lot different. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a great quality of life. I, I you know, my wife and I love to travel. Um, and so, you know, yeah, we end, ended up in Krefeld and we had uh, we moved our with our, our oldest. Colin was six weeks old and we went over there. And yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, a great experience. The, the people in Germany love hockey. You know, it's great is great hockey. Every team had, you know, 10 or so imports on the team and, you know, good competition. Uh, I was able to play with Lynn Loins over there as well, who's had some time with the Sharks. He was actually the reason I ended up in Krefeld. Um, I think he's follow me around now because he lives in Holden Mass, so he came from Calgary to move to Holden and um, but yeah, just it was a great experience. It was, you know uh, very intense um, but uh, I, I really enjoyed my time in Germany. Then it was
0: time to stop playing and move on with your career. And tell us how difficult that is when you spend your entire life dedicated to a sport, dedicated to a profession and it's time to, to move on to that next step in your life. How, how difficult was that? How much did your family help and, and what were some of the ups and downs you had?
1: Yeah, um, it was difficult for sure. I mean, you know, you, you spend your whole life kind of painting that vision and, and trying to achieve that dream and, and you finally do. Um, but after, you know, 10 years, uh, I actually called Doug Wilson uh, that August. I was coming out of Germany and I was kind of meeting with some executives in the area. Uh, Billy Scannell was uh, the head of sales at EMC. Um, and now Dell, and uh, you know, just having some meetings, trying to figure out what I would do when I grew up. And uh, I had an opportunity to start work at EMC, and I just wanted to make sure the door was closed. so I actually called Doug. It was August, and um, obviously camp was starting in September. And I and I just asked Doug, you know, is there any opportunity I could, you know, get a tryout or or something in the American League, just to make sure that if the door in the NHL was closed, um, then I knew it was the right time to move on. And, you know, Doug said, give me a day, I'll get back to you. And it just came to the point, I knew I was going to get an honest answer from Doug. Um, and with camp starting, Doug said to me, he's like, Jimmy, I'd love to figure something out. Like, we can maybe have you come to the AHL tryout, but our, our, our rosters are full right now. And so at that point, you know, it was a quick conversation. I thanked him, uh, always a stand-up uh, individual. And, um, you know, he kind of gave me my answer. So at that point, I knew that door was closed and I could move on um and for me it was just going to be a new chapter it wasn't going to be something that you know defines me I knew exactly that would happen at some point and uh you know selling software and, and being you know able to work at you know EMC learn a lot about sales and a lot about leadership and um and then going to Medallion now at Miro uh, which is just a great company um I it was a great move for me and for my family and uh you know I think the timing was right so looking back I Wouldn't have changed uh, one aspect of it.
0: Tell us about the company you're working for now.
1: Yeah, so um, the company is called Miro. It's uh, you know a very very fast growing software as a service company. It it, uh, specializes in visual collaboration. And the thing I love about the company today, um, obviously the growth opportunity for me, you know, an opportunity to learn a lot more. I run uh, global sales, and uh, so you know very um, diverse group, you know, we have teams all over the world, um, great culture for a company. I mean, uh, I couldn't be happier with, um, you know, getting in and, and working with people very similar to sharks that, you know, just like to roll up their sleeves, get, get work done and also know how to have fun and, um, and do all that. So, um, yeah, very, very fortunate, uh, to have landed at a company like this. And, um, yeah, excited to get get Miro out to some uh, Sharks games. I know there's some Shark fans that uh, know who Miro is, and sure. um, yeah, just you know, excited to uh, you know spend more time in the in the Bay Area and get to some more games. And yeah, that's that's pretty much the story. One thing that is related to that is you've always been part of a team
0: and and working in athletics and being on a club and now that you're running a team effectively, um, those experiences really have to jump up for you as helping you to prepare for this, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. You know, and it's funny you asked the question early on about some of the individuals that I played with, uh, you know, that year in 2002 to, you know, that I got a chance to learn from. And I I'll be honest with you, my my resume still the first couple lines is about just that is I was fortunate enough to play on great teams and, and watch great leaders. I mean, Daryl Sutter and, um, you know, and the players themselves lead by example and, and how to, you know, kind of set the tone and and also do their part, (laughs) you know? So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's shaped me and it's allowed me to have a a great career after hockey. And um, yeah, I mean, that is, that is something I, really value at Miro too. I feel from day one. I've only been there for three months now, but um, it feels a lot like the same type of people, just a great solid team. um, And, you know, just, just really fortunate to have played for so many great teams to be candid.
0: And also, it sounds like you valued your education, too, like your parents told you that it was important to you. But the fact that a young man, if he decides to go play college hockey and he's able to get a four year degree from a great university, what an opportunity that is for the
1: rest of his life. Yeah. You know, and it's you know, you know, this is well, Dan, right? Like you always look back and say, OK, like that was a good decision. And But yeah, just again, I, I know I've said this probably four or five times, just very, very fortunate, you know, to have the opportunity to learn from the people that I learned from. And, um, you know, obviously my parents were putting me in those situations, not to get anything, but you know, it's, it's the opportunity that Doug and, and others gave me to earn something. And I think that's critical for, you know, I'm, I'm involved in youth hockey today and it's, it's a, it's a critical example of just for all of us. And it doesn't matter if you're playing hockey or football or badminton, right. It's you have the opportunity every day to earn it. And, um, you know, if you learn how to do that the right way and you continue to work hard, great things happen.
0: Tell us about your involvement in youth hockey. I know you've got two sons. They're both playing, but uh,
1: what's your relationship to the game now? Well, when I'm not selling software or traveling around to support that, my oldest boy, Colin, is 13. He's very involved in in the game and loves the game. They're traveling all over the place. He plays for a club team with Walpole Express. He plays for, you know, KPW, which is the town program. And Uh, and then my, my son Shay is a, so I help with that team, um, when I can, and then my son Shay is 11 and he plays for the South Shore Kings. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of great NHL players, Charlie Coyle and Chris Wagner and and many, many others, um, the, the Hayes brothers all played, uh, for the Kings. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I try to, you know, help there as much as possible, um, and, and, you know, I know a lot of the other guys that I played with, Stewie and, and Kyle McLaren and all those guys are very, very involved in youth hockey. So um, I try to stay involved as much as I can. You know, it's funny. Everyone's like, oh, it's great. You played the game and it's, it's good for the kids. I get more out of it than they do. You know, it's just it's fun to see the smiles on the kids' faces and and playing a great game.
0: But also, it doesn't it give you a lot of pleasure to see your kids grow? The fact that they're growing not only as, as hockey players, but as, as young men? Absolutely. Um
1: yeah. You know, it's the game teaches you so much, um, you know, just about how, you know, falling down and getting back up, falling down, getting back up. And it's such a life lesson. And, you know, you're, you're only done when you quit. And so I think, uh, yeah, it's awesome to see, you know, my kids learn that and, and all the players. I mean, it's it's amazing, um, you know, and what the game can teach you if you just continue to work at it.
0: The NHL, obviously, is just a short drive away for you to get to TD Garden every once in a while yeah. from your house. But uh, do you still follow what happens with Sharks hockey out here? And uh, do, do, you, do you still sort of uh, keep keep your tabs on what's going on with the team?
1: Yeah, I do as much as I can, you know, especially when I'm out there. I'll, I'll check in um, or try to get to a game. I, You know, I was fortunate when when Doug was Murray was working uh, with the team still. Um, I was able to get into a couple games with some of my co-workers. Um, But yeah, you know, I try to keep dibs on it. I love to see, you know, um, the development, like where people are going, where the team's at. So it's, uh, it's tough, obviously, when you're, you know, in Boston, but, um, and traveling quite a bit, but I do try to keep tabs as much as possible and still a huge Sharks fan.
0: Well, we really look forward to seeing a little bit more of you now that you're working for a company that's based out of San Francisco. And I tell you, it's a, it's a pleasure to to see it, to talk to you, and and to to just relive some of those old memories. Because I got to tell you, you were part of a golden age of Sharks hockey.
1: Yeah, thank you, Dan. Yeah, like I said, you know, you, you, when you when we jumped on and just were catching up for a little bit, it's it's amazing to think how long the Sharks have been around. I mean, you've been there, you know, for its its entire life, pretty much. And uh, you know, for me, it's. Um, it's amazing how, you know, we are able to be part of this. Right. And and it's, it's just incredible. So I I do appreciate you reaching back out and anytime I can get an opportunity to see a familiar face from the sharks organization. And uh, I do enjoy it. So thank you.
0: With his business career, bringing him back to the Bay area often, it wouldn't surprise anyone to see Jim Fahey at the shark tank in the near future. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Join me next time for another episode of where are they now?